0: Da da, da 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 You sound
1: insane. Do you realize that? Oh, yeah. The whole world got it's showtime.
0: What up, Deadpool fans, X-Men fans, Avengers fans, DCEU fans, if there are any. Welcome in for another week of the Mad About Movies Podcast. If you're joining us for the first time, we are sans One host this week with uh, Richard Barton right. out on his illustrious honeymoon with his lovely new bride, Sarah. And we can only assume that Richard has joined some kind of cardigan cult of some kind, if there is one, yeah. in, in Spain. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that explains his absence yeah. this evening. But good for uh, him. I, good for yeah. him.
2: Tough tough for Sarah, but uh, but good good for Richard.
0: Get away. You can't you can't find a lot of people in America that are pro cardigan as mm-hmm. much as he right. is it had to go to, right. all the way to Spain for that but I don't blame him. Um it's the international convention. <laughs> it is. It is. It's the it's kind of the mecca of of cardiganism. Uh, <laughs> actually the band the Cardigans I think actually a tour only there. Mm-hmm. So it's actually mm-hmm. it's really really fun time now. Um I am Kent. I'm uh one of our three co-hosts and I'm joined by Brian as always. Hey man. Hello. How are you friend? Haven't seen you. Low.
2: I haven't talked to you much this week.
0: I know it's been uh I feel like uh, we've been releasing a lot of episodes but i feel mm-hmm. like we haven't done a full episode of the show in a long time I know, as weird as I that know. sounds yeah. we've done, haven't done a regular episodes one. we've done yeah. uh, extra long episodes but we haven't done a uh, a patented uh you know three segment mad about movies episode, episode which we will do tonight we'll catch up on a lot of things tonight and uh going to talk a lot of deadpool don't worry we're going to get plenty of that in with a special guest a little bit later on but uh, like i said we have some stuff to catch up on on the movie news rumors rumblings and movie tv industry side of things um Mm -hmm. but i want to say a special shout out tonight to our vips uh they're they're actually in the vip club currently but uh, they've got a speaker in there that they can hear us broadcasting (laughs) and shout out to all those people rocking the satin jackets tonight and uh Love those people. If you want to join that club, you get access to um, two episodes a week instead of just the one. And uh, some fun bonus content, uh, AMAs, things like that. We just released our most recent AMA. I think it was a little over an hour or something like that, uh, which Mm -hmm. we uh, answered questions that uh, our VIPs asked. So if you want to do that, check that out, madaboutmoviespodcast.com slash VIP. Special shout out to those people. But Brian has some shout outs to those people. Specifically, yes, he's yes, going to shout yes. out a few of those by name. Um, that's part of part of signing up. You get your name read aloud for all to hear. So go mm. ahead, Brian.
2: Yeah, and if you are curious about uh, what this is all about, go to madaboutmoviespodcast.com slash VIP and uh, get some info there and sign up and all that good stuff. And uh, and, we, and like Ken said, you'll get your name read aloud on the air. So very special shout out and thank you to the following beautiful lovely vips to zach Belknap, to jared boomer to gabrielle brown who also gabrielle won our uh, avengers confidence pool that we
0: did yeah. on the vip and page. gabrielle i must say has one of the best satin jackets out there oh uh, incredible yeah, it's, it's, satin it's, jacket it is yeah. it's stepping the game up for mm-hmm. sure
2: unreal uh Aaron Hemmerlin Bradley Hurton or Hershon I don't know Hurton I think I'm going with Josie Junkiri Elliot Lukasic, Nick Spinarski Curtis Johnston, and Lindsey Jackson. Lindsey Jackson sent us a very nice email today, so thank you, Lindsey. Thank you to all of those lovely listeners for uh, for subscribing, for pledging your support to us and helping the show continue to grow and go, as they say. And uh, again, if you want to check that out, podcast.com slash VIP.
0: All right, man. Um, I think in the VIP this week, it's going to be bonus episode what is it? I think it's Great
2: Escape. The Great Escape. Sure. Oh, it's Memorial Day. Yeah, you are right. Yeah. Great
0: Escape. Yeah. We uh, had a great discussion. Oh, it's it good talking talk. the Great Escape. Brian and I did, and um, gonna probably watch that again over Memorial <laughs> Day weekend. Sure. So sure. Same. Um, so let's get caught up. Let's let's do a lot of news. Uh, a little bit of a little bit of playing catch up, if we can, on on a few things. I understand you've got some things. I've got some yeah. things. Let's run down these lists. Let's start with. Uh, let's start with you. Okay. What you got? I, so we haven't really done news
2: in uh, in a couple weeks because, like you said at the outset, we haven't been for our normal shows the last couple weeks. So we've missed a lot of big stuff. I'm gonna kind of just—I've got several things, so I'm just gonna run through. And if you have any comment, just just chime in. How about that? Is that sound sure. good? Did you uh, did you pay any attention to all the cancellations and uh, renewals and moving of shows that took place uh, over the last couple of weeks with with Fox, NBC, CBS, ABC, all uh, putting out their fall lineups and stuff? Did you see some of the outrage?
0: Here's was, what here, here's what I got from it. Um, here's my extent of the knowledge. Mm-hmm. Uh, Fox cancels Brooklyn Nine Nine and right. Last Man. NBC renews Brooklyn Nine Nine. Fox mm-hmm. renews last man but not last man <laughs> the other it's last man, man standing uh so that's when i when i saw last man gets uh renewed by fox i was like yeah oh wait uh yeah different good, different show yeah a good run for last man on earth uh mm-hmm. we were there yeah. from the beginning i've i've watched pretty much every episode um I mean, it, they went kind of, you know, jumped the shark a little bit with the show in terms of they had like nine or ten people living in one house, and it was supposed to be the last man on Earth or at some point. Uh, but it was still funny and well-written, and we love all the people involved, and it was a really fun sitcom. So it had a good run. Mm-hmm. If you didn't get to check that out, uh, that's that's one worth checking out on, on demand and binging and, and stuff like that. Uh, so yeah, good stuff. But um, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, sad to see that go for... Thirty hours, I think it was gone, <laughs> and then uh, yeah, um, NBC yeah, yeah. is like, "Wow, a show that people watch, we'll take it, right?" And right. Uh, put it back on uh, on NBC, which mm-hmm. uh, it, it fits the entire it NBC been there the first family place. and everything, yeah. and uh, it's probably where it should have been from the, from the outset. Absolutely, I think we had talked yeah. about that when it when it started uh, on our mm-hmm. on our TV's pilots rants and raves uh, episode that year, but um, nonetheless. I think this has been announced as the final season for Brooklyn Nine Nine, is it not? And they're gonna do one more, and that's it. Or is this I, renewed I from, from here said on out?
2: Officially, it's done. It's a short season. It's gonna be a thirteen episode season, which is smart. That's what more shows should do uh, if they're not already. But yeah, I think ABC was smart to grab a hold of that. There was such a huge outrage for that, and rightly so, because Brooklyn. Like, I like. I love Last Man on Earth. You do too. We we all love that show, and we love everybody involved. But it was kind of a miracle that that got four seasons, you know? Oh yeah. I I kind of felt like it had run its course and I wasn't that upset. Yeah. I wasn't too upset that it got canceled. Um, Brooklyn nine, nine is a really, a is a very good show. B is very funny and C is very forward thinking and, and um, does a lot of stuff on network television that, most sitcoms do not and avoid and so nbc was really smart it's it's a really it's a it's a good play for nbc even if the show isn't that um popular as far as ratings go just because it it kind of gives them some positive buzz and like you said it it was foolish of them to pass on brooklyn Nine Nine in the first place and especially given the the mike sure pedigree and Mike Sure will have three shows on NBC this fall, three sitcoms. So um, I think that was a, a smart play. There was a few others here and there that some people were upset about. I, I don't. I don't think we need to go through the whole list. The only other one that really caused much outrage and al- also has been picked up is uh, is The Expanse, which was on Sci-Fi. Uh, it's based on a series of books. It's a very good show. I may that may be my weekly recommend at the end of this. i I've, I've I've been. I watched the first season or part of the first season. Now I'm going back and rewatching. It's very dense, but it's very good. So it got grabbed by Amazon. So the first three, se- two seasons and soon to be three seasons are on uh, Amazon Prime as we speak. And now they've gone ahead and picked up the fourth season to like to do the whole production and whatnot. So I think that's a smart play on their part as well. Oh, um, so what's it
0: going to be on again? It's going to be
2: on Amazon proper. Yeah, so, so Amazon
0: Prime. Mm-hmm, picked that right. one. Right. Gotcha.
2: Right. So, which I think is a, is a good play for them. Another show that got canceled, and this was a tough one for us personally, is is because uh, I know, I, for you especially, Kent, because I know you loved this show. You kept you kept tweeting about it um, <laughs> aggressively, I felt like. But, you know, whatever. Yeah. I, I, look, to each his own. Bad judge. Uh, yeah. yeah. L.A. <laughs> to Vegas starring David Duchovny? That, or
0: no, that's that's
2: not, Dermot Mulroney, I think. Okay. I, I to be honest, they they're all the same. Dylan. LA to Vegas is Dylan has been
0: McDermott, maybe? I think I don't it's know.
2: Dilbert McDermott. There's no way to know. Yeah. There's there is. There's there's no way to know. It, it was canceled, so I know that's a tough blow. LA to personally. New York,
0: that's what it was called. <laughs> LA to Vegas. I think. Dude, I've ne- <laughs> people watch the like I'm sorry. I, I I No, I don't think anybody watched it. I think that's I think that's I feel like I at. follow pretty generic you know, people on social media, like the generic media outlets, the generic uh-huh, uh-huh. entertainment critic people, and I've never heard of that show. I, I don't know how people, I guess, what we figured out with CBS. That's a CBS show, right? It's a Fox show. A Fox show. Wow. Yeah. I was going to say, CBS um, literally people just leave it on all day. Like that's why it gets rings. Like <laughs> yeah, old people can't find the remote, they find their remote anyway. and they put it on mm-hmm. blue bloods four weeks ago mm-hmm. and they can't change it. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Fox. Wow. Yeah. We need to talk more about Fox because, um, bringing back last man standing is an interesting conversation, uh, to mm-hmm. have. formerly of ABC, uh, canceled for a year. I think it's been off for a year. Yeah. Um, coming back, I think very soon within the next couple of weeks or something like that. Um, so it seems as if the Last Man Standing sets had all just been sitting vacant, and they'd been waiting for it to be renewed. Right. Um, it probably was going to be renewed by somebody, you know, Freeform or somebody like that was probably going to bite the bait uh, <laughs> over the summer. Um, and which would have been great for me because I only watch Freeform, right? Uh, original program,
2: WGN America, uh-huh. right.
0: mm-hmm. um, And with the Roseanne thing happening though over at yeah. ABC. I'm surprised Fox isn't just like, let's just do home improvement. Let's get, if people want Tim Allen, let's bring back Tim Allen, but let's do it. Let's do home improvement. And I'm sure they could have gotten eight episodes out of that or something like that. And people would have been, you know, I guess cool trip down memory lane and everybody's happy. Uh, I guess there is a following for Last Man Standing. I don't. I tried to watch it. I think. I think I saw the episode actually where Jonathan Taylor Thomas was on there, like as a guest star. And they, they brought back everybody at Home Improvement on Home Improvement at one point uh, on Last Man Standing, but uh, that's a curious choice to bring that back. I guess it's just the. Uh, it's America, I mean it's the yeah it's the, uh, the the Trump supporter america that uh, that watches the show and and that's that's Tim Allen's audience that's Roseanne's audience, and that's what they're they're buying into if anything else, so very cool, but I would have liked to see home improvement uh get a another a, a renewal or something I think that would have been that would have been cool, but you can drink yeah,
2: right mu much would have preferred that to uh to lastman last man saying's fun i I've seen a couple of episodes just in syndication uh. For whatever reason, and it's—I mean, it's fine. It's very I,
0: by the it, books,
2: like yeah, it, it, and that's sitting on it. i on get, a lazy boy,
0: like I, I, yeah, I
2: totally get the the outrage, and perhaps for some people, the faux outrage of I can't believe they they canceled Brooklyn Nine Nine and Last Man on Earth for Last Man Standing, but like you know. It, it that's not a risky show and and TV networks aren't I don't know they're not in the business yep. of being risky and uh we're we're kind of seeing a return to i think for the I think for the last five years, especially, but maybe even a little bit longer, the networks have been trying to compete with uh cable and now with Netflix and Amazon and everything and this I think this fall, you like the upfronts and stuff you kind of started to see that they can't win and they, they know that they it. can't win they anymore. don't understand and, the game well anymore. i think i i think the deal is i think they've kind of they've forfeited that particular game and have just moved back to okay yeah but there are still i don't know several, many millions of americans who don't watch fx or whatever they don't watch the americans that don't watch unbreakable kimmy schmidt that don't watch any of these shows and let's just Let's kind of it's like CBS has just been sitting there continuing to do their CBS thing and they look like geniuses right now because they really haven't chased the prestige market too much, even with their streaming service. And so you've now Fox, especially in ABC, I think NBC is now trying to it's like a market inefficiency of like, okay, but now if all these if all three of the other networks are doing the same thing, then we need to carve out a different space. But regardless, I think you're just kind of seeing a return to let's just aim for middle america essentially and i don't yeah. i do not say that the commoner uh, of yeah like i'm not i'm not, I'm not i, I yeah. i'm not saying that with any uh i'm not condescending whatsoever on that i'm just saying there's a market there that probably isn't being tapped into by as well as much by like fx and oh, hbo and no it's a, it's, it's a bit so, it's so a so business it. decision it's it,
0: it's, yeah. it's it's them saying let's do this instead of do a new show with marionettes like sure doing something <laughs> super you know like just now something yeah this is a very predictable, it's an easy choice. They can Mm -hmm. honestly probably project the next three years of what what the money's going to be for it in terms of ads and everything. It's probably very safe. And to defend Fox a little bit, they do have Thursday Night Football now, so that's one less night a week that they're going to have to put stuff on. I mean, they've got a pregame show, the football game, and then the news. Um, So that's an entire primetime night that they're not going to have to program anymore. uh, And you add that into... They're already um, consistent lineup over at Fox, so uh, we'll see how things turn out for them. Uh, it just seems that the big three, four at this point uh, i I always exclude CBS because they're like I said, <laughs> in their own thing. world, awesome. their own service, their own audience, they do what they do, and they're gonna keep doing it um, but I mean, even if you pay for a twelve ninety nine fourteen ninety nine Hulu subscription, you're still sitting through ads. For four minutes and five minutes an episode on a thirty minute episode. And I don't understand that logic where you're paying them for the service and you're still they're still monetizing it that way. I just Mm -hmm. like that's just blatant disrespect for the consumer. And that's why in the long run these Netflix's HBO goes are ultimately gonna be where the destination is for TV. Sure. I really do believe that in the long run. Like right now there is like you said, there's an audience and, uh, I just think over time it will eventually do into loft where, um, they'll have to, they'll have to think of alternatives, but what, uh, did the, um, Kevin James show make it back? No, it got cut. <laughs> yes. It got cut.
2: So we can celebrate that at least <laughs> TV got a little bit better. So King of Queens week.
0: will be coming back next year. <laughs> like <laughs> Leah Remini and him are still just like, Oh gosh. Trying okay, to do God. that.
2: So I'm, yeah, I'm, he's not, I'm glad he's, I'm glad that he's not going to be on TV anymore. um, keep doing netflix specials or something yeah. uh, a little a little more tv news quickly yeah. um the lord of the rings tv show which we haven't talked about much i imagine is going to be a big player at some point on this show when the, when it gets a little closer the uh they greenlit this series they paid an insane this is on amazon uh they paid an insane amount of like a money billion to- dollars Didn't they yeah it, they're thinking it's going to be like a billion dollars show because they mm. uh, man i have to look it up to be completely sure but they gave it like six seasons up front basically or three seasons something like that. They gave it a large order up front which the the uh, the series showrunners want to basically said look the only way we can do this is if we know for a fact that we're going to get the game of thrones treatment that we're going to get as much money and time as we need to do it. So anyway, it's it's been greenlit. They spent a ton of money on it. And they announced uh, this week or last week that it's going to follow the the idea of the show. The premise is going to follow a young Aragon as he uh, goes through the the forests or whatever of, of Middle Earth. So it's gonna oh, wow. it's gonna follow young Vigo Mortensen, whoever ends up playing young Vigo Mortensen, through uh, through I don't know three, six, twelve seasons. Who knows? That's uh, wow. It Sound it seems like they're going hardcore at the Game of Thrones audience. I feel like.
0: Wow, that's cool. I actually wanted the series to be called Middle Earth. Yeah, man. sure, just totally.
2: Do Still, might every Still story might of
0: Middle Earth, every different mm-hmm. incarnation, every different species, every different whatever legend. Yeah, I think you can yeah. do twenty seasons on that, and not that's a
2: wide uh, open space, and not just sure.
0: call it Lord of the Rings. Um, I thought that would have been a mm-hmm. maybe um, more broad way to do it, but sure my fear here is that you're just crossing over with sacred territory when not only with the books, but with the movies. Um, I mean, just little things like, can they get Howard shores score for this and do that? Like just certain things about that property that are so ingrained. Like imagine they're if they did a Harry Potter with none of the actors from Harry Potter playing Harry Potter and none of the music and none of the, none of the things that you associate with Harry Potter, how would you feel yeah. about that?
2: I mean, it's it not be, fantastic. The music beast, is a thing. Doing Potter, yeah, you know? the music is a big part of it. But I, I, I am very pro this particular series. I just think, um, it, I'm assuming that it is good. That's my whole point. Is like, obviously, there's ways that you could totally screw this up and it could be terrible. But like, assuming it is a quality program, I am very in favor of it because I feel like um there's just there's so much wide open space that you can operate in even even kind of uh focusing in on instead of doing kind of your idea of like an an anthology series basically in middle earth which is which would be great too but even focusing it um here on this character and whatever he's involved in it's just it's like a it's like a video it's like an open world video game i mean there's just so much stuff that you can yep. go on that you can literally, all you have to do is just kind of pull a sentence from some of the the some of Tolkien's lesser stuff and and kind of world build from there. And I think it it can play really well. But you're right. It needs to it needs to look the part. It needs to look more like Lord of the Rings than The Hobbit, for instance. and the music, whether or not it's Howard Shore's score, uh, it needs to kind of play the right way. It needs to be yep. in, in, in keeping with that. It, I needs, think to...
0: it needs to yeah, it needs to fit the tone, I guess. Yeah, of totally. Um, totally. Hopefully it does. But, mm-hmm. I mean, it could surprise me. Um, yeah. It would surprise me if this did really well, to be honest. I mean, the Lord of the Rings trilogy, the extended edition, is like 13 hours long. So mm-hmm. I feel like most people that feel like, yeah, I'm going to go sit and binge Lord of the Rings are just going to watch the 13-hour extended edition of... Of the Lord of the Rings, um, case in point, uh, the Hobbit series. You mentioned it. It didn't do. It did well, It just didn't do that well. I just thought people were kind of burnt out on mm. Lord of the Rings and Hobbit related things. We'll have to see if that's the case when this drops. Sure. But um, it's sure. big. It's a big risk. But Amazon seems mm-hmm. to seems to do a if, lot of that these days. Yeah.
2: If they're smart, they'll have it loaded up and ready to go about three months mm-hmm. after Game of Thrones ends, and just be like, "Hey, do you like Game of Thrones? Well, it's over now. How about come check this out?" and uh, And I think you will have some crossover.
0: It is a property that. that has some prestige, totally it's built built around the name. So mm-hmm. you throw Lord of the Rings out there, people are going to know and they're going to be attracted to it. It's not like they're yeah. doing. I mean, Game of Thrones was super obscure when HBO announced we're doing mm-hmm. this medieval thing. Right. like what? Um, so it does have that going for it, I will say. The mass appeal aspect Mm -hmm. of it might, it might, it might be uh renewed just because of of the numbers of curiosity people going and downloading it. The the whole bright uh conundrum of just because people down just because people watched it doesn't mean they liked it, which is Netflix is like, yeah, but it's the most streamed thing we ever did. This Adam Sandler movie. So many people watched it. Like, yeah, but they all hate watched it. It's the very different. <laughs> I guess they don't care at the end of the day, right? Yeah. If people like it's all it. downloads. As long as, people, as long as they're watching it, right?
2: It's all downloads. Um, one more, that, uh, yeah. one more TV note, real fast, sure. To keep in touch with that, uh, the John Favreau Star Wars series we officially know is going to be set somewhere between Return of the Jedi and The Force Awakens. So it'll be cool. post post Death Star, pre Kylo Ren. It's somewhere in very it. cool.
0: I'm
2: excited So, about that.
0: Um, I guess I, I obviously they haven't announced anything regarding if any of the any of the recognizable characters will be involved or if it'll be I haven't total seen offshoot. anything.
2: No, haven't yeah. seen anything yet. I'm excited about finding that stuff out as we uh, as we move forward. Yeah,
0: I'm excited for the potential for a Force Awakens prequel series at some point because I yeah. really am interested in those thirty years between, like you said, between. um between Jedi and Force Awakens, um, just with what's going on with, with Kylo, Rey, and Luke, and Han, you know, those people. Um, I'm assuming the Fabro will be probably a little bit detached from that as much as they can, just because they're trying to write their own path more than, mm-hmm. right. than play off this Skywalker saga um, storyline.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm excited to see how that, but I, yes, I would doubt the, I would doubt that there's a lot of Skywalker involvement in this. I think it'll
0: Can you be, believe it's taken since 77 to do a Star Wars TV show? Well, I mean, they've tried to Star develop Trek it in the past
2: that. and just, it's never played. Yeah. And now, now you have the budget, you have the, uh, the abilities with special effects mm-hmm. and things like that to maybe do it the way that they want to. It, it will be very interesting because, like, that's where all of the, Not all of, but the the bulk of the extended universe in the in books, at least uh, when that stuff first started in the mid '90s, it was all post Jedi. So there's like a lot. I know none of that is canon anymore. None of it really exists. If Star Wars, Lucasfilm, uh, Kathleen Kennedy, Disney decides that it doesn't exist, but there's a lot. There is a lot to draw from, and a lot of characters that they could mix in, similar to what they did with Rebels. Yeah, um, you can you can mix in
0: the Admiral Akbar's and guys like sure. that that aren't necessarily core characters or legacy mm-hmm. characters as they are dubbed by mm-hmm. Mrs. Mm-hmm. Kathleen Kennedy. Sure. Uh, yeah, you would have thought at some point they would have thrown something against the wall at some kind of, some kind of mm-hmm. live action scene. Uh, some kind of live action at some point. I just hope, my biggest fear for this is I hope it's not like Gotham. And it's just like yeah. parody versions right. of these uh origin stories essentially of all these characters and it just sure. puts it just makes you not want to be in that universe anymore which is right. very right. possible uh it's a sensitive um tone to straddle it's a sensitive mm-hmm. line to walk with Star Wars we've sure. even Absolutely. George Lucas found that out so Absolutely. Uh, anyone can yeah. Well, I'm excited. I think I have faith in Favreau, and interesting that he's he's coming back to TV. That's kind of a side note to all that, is that he's doing mm-hmm. TV after so much success on the big screen. I'm assuming he'll go back to that at some point, but this is a cool departure for him. I had him tapped for a Star Wars movie. I would have loved to yeah. see him do yeah. Episode yeah. nine or something like that.
2: Wouldn't surprise me at some point, for sure. For sure. Yeah.
0: So, um, just a side note of Star Wars. Uh, Solo coming out this weekend. Excited mm-hmm. for that. We'll be yeah. doing a full episode next week, um, and uh, we'll, I'm assuming it'll be all Star Wars for that. So no movie news or anything like that. Probably yeah. we'll, we'll reserve that time for that. But that'll be uh, that'll be good. That'll be it will be always absolutely. Good yeah. to talk
2: when to are you when are you going? Have you made your plans yet?
0: I have not bought a ticket yet, and I'm scared okay. about that. I didn't. I'm not anticipating it to be any bigger than Avengers or Deadpool in terms of mm-hmm. crowds, right? But. Um, I could be wrong, man. I mean, I went, I tried to see Avengers, uh, Infinity War on Sunday morning at like 9 a.m. or something like that, like the first showing on a Sunday morning, and I barely got in. Like I, I sat on the very top row, if not front row, or something like that for it, and um, I was, I was like, wow, 9 a.m. and a Sunday is like sold out mm-hmm. pretty much. So I'm nervous, but I don't think it's going to be huge. But who knows? This, this could strike a chord. I, I don't know what to expect. So that's. Yeah. kind of uh what what I'm most excited to talk about next week is is the reception and all that and and w- how people perceive it. But um just a side note in terms of Star Wars again, when Ryan Johnson signed on to do the next trilogy, he only signed on to develop it and and write it, right? Like he's not confirmed to direct all 3, is he?
2: I don't believe he is confirmed to direct all 3. I uh, I'm not sure on that. I don't know if he'll be it would at I I don't know. I would be surprised if he didn't at least take the reins on the first one, but I guess we'll just kind of have to play it by ears. But I haven't seen any any official confirmation on that or if we have I forgot. So
0: <laughs> Yeah. I think principal photography begins in July for the Force, uh, the Force Awakens crew, the the core Star Wars people still haven't announced a another star wars story or an offshoot film so solo is the last announced one that they have in production at this point point. and uh well i'm sure we'll talk about this more next week um but just before we move on and talk deadpool uh, there's a strong indication out there that it's going to be lando uh, this is the next standalone and they're going to give nice. donald glover his own his own movie so I can't
2: wait.
0: Rumor, let's rumor,
2: yeah, that's that's a rumor I'd like to see come true. Just even without having seen this movie, doesn't really matter. Looks great.
0: Oh man, Star Wars. Great. The um, Star Wars people cannot be probably more stoked about how Donald Glover is peaking. Literally, oh my gosh, just yeah. just the most famous person right now, probably, uh, and. <laughs> um, Probably not so stoked about who the heck is Alden Rick Everybody's still saying, but I think I think people are going to be pleasantly surprised by They'll him, it, in solo movie, and people are going to be like, "Wow, that!" No idea who that guy was, but he was pretty good. Uh, you know, I yeah, think that's. No, I agree. It's going to turn a lot of heads. I think they're. Uh, uh, I'm betting on that too. Mm-hmm. Sure. Same here. Okay. Can't wait. Let's move on. Let's welcome our guests and talk Deadpool. X go, give it to you. Wait for you to get it on your own. Excellent, deliver to you. Knock, knock, open up the door, that's real. It's a nonstop, pop up, stay in the screel. Go hard getting busy with it. Okay, so we are joined by our guest to talk Deadpool 2 right, Rob is here. Hey Rob, what's up, man? Not too much, I guess, doing tonight. Ooh, doing man. good, man. Mm-hmm. Excited to talk about this uh, with you. Rob is joining us for the first time tonight. And um, so all first-time guests get asked a few questions just to make sure we can you know, proceed. Right. Uh, Rob, have you seen a little uh, experimental indie film called Now You See Me?
1: Uh, I have seen Now You See Me it uh yeah it was pretty hard to find i mean wasn't really <laughs> everywhere per se but you know right, mm-hmm, uh, right. had some little known talent the, the that, closer
0: uh, you look the
1: less you'll actually see though that's the thing it's kind of <laughs> weird in that way yeah that that was the key to that movie wasn't it uh yep. yeah i really appreciate the you know little known talent that was put into it and uh small budget and uh yeah <laughs> it was very artsy in my opinion
0: well they blew all their money in that one gag where they had the vacuum bank full of money. Uh, yeah. look, that was actually the to, entire
1: budget of the movie yeah, was in that, actually right. they, in the They in had the to vault. invent
2: real, real magic. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a lot of money, guys. You can't yeah. just do that and on the cheap, you know?
1: I can't imagine that that says vacuum is going to be cheap.
2: Right, right. Gosh, vacuums are freaking expensive. It's, yeah, look, you got to spend your money. I don't know. I, I, I don't, I don't, uh, I don't, I don't, I'm not going to take anything away from them for spending that kind of money. And now magic exists you know yes what are we gonna
0: do right Car- a pleasure yeah, to profe- us there's a professional card throwing leagues now because of this right. movie and it's right. it's an art it really is well uh one more question for you have you seen a uh, film called met gruber
1: uh i sadly have not
0: okay well sadly yeah. we cannot go further with all you right. as our you guest yeah. so
1: we'll have to let you go all tonight. right i'll talk um, to you guys
0: later <laughs> but no, I don't blame you because it's actually is really hard to find and they haven't put it on Netflix. <laughs> Netflix. Gosh. Can we petition this somehow? Can I we know. get this started? Oh. I what? I just what? Eat it so bad. At
1: least I've Amazon
2: cried. do something.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I was really close to I ran that time. was going to rent it on Amazon, but uh, I have, I'm a huge fan of Last Man on Earth. So I mm-hmm. feel like by proxy, I've almost seen that movie.
0: That's fair. That's yeah. fair. But as we all know, McGruber and Tandy, totally different characters, totally nuanced. (laughs) It's like a different person. I don't even see see McGruber when I see Tandy. Yeah, he doesn't. He goes thin in first, which is, (laughs) yeah, total amateur. Um, Okay. Well, excited to talk Deadpool 2. But, Rob, what are your uh, thoughts on Deadpool as we get things going here, general thoughts? um, Let's keep spoilers for a little bit later. Um, sure. but what are your general thoughts on this? On Deadpool in general, were you a fan of this or of the comics? Anything like that? What's your background?
1: Yeah, I was. I was pretty skeptical to be honest. The first time I uh, went to go see Deadpool, uh, just didn't know what I was getting myself into. And you know, Ryan Reynolds at the time not uh, the hottest commodity. Uh, definitely a little bit of a redemption story for him. But uh, really loved the first one. I think it fits really well. Um, it was kind of the superhero movie that we needed at the time, if you will, uh, to be a little cliche about that. But, you know, it's uh, a perfect popcorn movie, a lot of great action, uh, a lot of great little one-liners, and uh, kind of the part, you know, I think he was meant to play.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. What about you, uh, Mr. Gill?
2: Yeah, man. Look, I like I the first one. I won't say it caught me by surprise because it, it did it was incredibly appealing in the in the marketing and the. I loved Deadpool as a kid, even though I never read a Deadpool comic because I don't think I would have been allowed to do so in my household. But just the idea of Deadpool was so cool to me, and uh, and you're right, Rob. This is, I mean. We know that Ryan Reynolds, like, this was the thing that he was trying to get off the ground for seemingly for 30 years. I mean, like, this was a passion project all the way, and uh, he, he is kind of born to play that part. It's a perfect use of his... Talent and skill set, and what he does well, um, and and completely uh, just c- anything that he doesn't do well, it never ever ever happens in the on the screen or in the script or anything like that. You just completely can set it aside, and uh, it's it's perfect. I the first one is so much fun. Um, I rewatched. I've seen it several times since we reviewed it a couple years ago. We rewatched it this last week before this movie, and uh, again was just really enjoyed it. It is a little, that first one is a little originy obviously cause you do have to set, that's not a character that you can just trust that everybody that mass audiences are going to know who they are, who he is and like, what his backstory is. So I'm not, I feel like we've in, by 2018, we've, we've had uh, plenty of origin stories and I don't necessarily need those all of the time. And uh, that one is very originy in its originness, but uh, it's still incredibly funny and I think all the jokes work well and you're just Ryan Reynoldsing so this one uh was I was uh, I, I don't know I was a little a little mm, apprehensive going in with you know changing of directors and can they kind of recapture the magic and what's that gonna be like moving forward there will come a point where this gets annoying if they keep going back to the well with uh the way this you know, this character works and the structure and whatnot, like eventually we'll see some diminishing returns on that. But I thought that this was a fairly perfect sequel and the, um, pretty much everything. I don't know. Like I, I'd seen a couple people who, who, uh, did not like the first one, but did like this one and other people who did Did like the first one and didn't care for this one and i i for me i don't understand that like to me it was like spot on exactly like the first one with a little bit better uh story structure narrative structure and and an actual uh muse essentially or a a uh a straight man an incredible straight man for for ryan reynolds to play across so i to me it's like this is a you know, if, you're, if you if you ended Deadpool one and just immediately started Deadpool two, I there's it, it fits perfectly and goes together um, quite well. So I thought this one was a little bit better than the first one, and I really liked the first one quite a bit. So it was uh, it was a, it was a quite a quite a fun experience in the theater for me. But uh, can't what uh, where I don't remember where you were on the first Deadpool how you felt about it and i I would love to hear your uh, your thoughts on that and general thoughts on this one
0: yeah man i I really liked the first Deadpool um, it's weird because it is a part of this universe this comic book universe that we all go in the movies that make you know the hundred two hundred million dollar movies uh, uh, you know, the $100 million weekends that they have, the the MCU's, the DCEU's, whatever, Fantastic Four, X-Men. Mm-hmm. um It's a part of that, but I don't think of it as that. I never yeah. associate Deadpool with that, even though Same. it is. And, you know, literally there are characters in the movie that are in those movies. I just don't associate it with that. um Until this movie, when, you know, the the whole arc of... Deadpool having to basically go to the X-Men for help or in order to you know save this orphan boy whatever. Um I loved the you know the crossover feel of that and um just the potential that you see in bringing Deadpool into other properties and everything. I think they've opened the door wide open with this movie. Um this movie was such a great commentary on just comic book movies in general. Um, I thought the allusions to Logan were spot on and hilarious. Uh, and, I mean, you could watch Logan and then watch this, you know, mm-hmm. watch Deadpool, then watch Logan and then watch this. And I think that would be a great uh, trilogy of, of, of movies. But I love that. Um, you know, I think in the long run that this, you know, how dated these movies are in terms of being right now, uh, all the references and mm-hmm. all the sure. humor and basically, you know, Deadpool's entire stick, you were talking about it, this kind of template that they've built for Deadpool is, hey, reference, you look like a reference reference, you know, mm-hmm. uh, it's mm-hmm. like, it's and like Juno. It's gra- yeah, it's like it's great now. But I don't know if in 10 years when we're doing the throwback Deadpool episode, if we're going to be super high on that style of humor holding up in the long run, or we'll just say, man, that's really what the world was like in two 2000- thousand. 18, we're making Sharknado jokes and stuff in movies. Mm-hmm. And that was funny back then, I guess. Um, but to me, that part of it will probably sour over time, but right now it's awesome. I love it. And sure. it's, it's, it's such a commentary again on not only the movies, but you know, society now, I mean, this, this movie did so much, um, so much satire in this movie. It did so much uh, commenting on just the current state of affairs in America that it doesn't really go too deep into that, but it plays on it in a very subtle and natural way. Um, this movie goes super deep into Deadpool's psyche, and it gets like simultaneously extremely depressing but extremely uplifting at the same time. So I thought they straddled the, the line of, how do we make this funnier but also more emotional but also have funner action sequences? I thought they yeah. hit all three of those per, uh, perfectly with this. Um, it is a little bit, um, a little bit bigger than the next than Deadpool one, but I don't think that's too detriment that it needs to kind of feel like a like an upgrade in a way. Um, so in terms of Tim Miller leaving the project, the director uh, of Deadpool and was supposed to direct this one. They announced Deadpool two about two weeks, three weeks before Deadpool one came out, and Tim Miller and Ryan Reynolds were going to develop Deadpool two. Uh, They came to a disagreement. Tim Miller left the project. He took Junkie XL with them. He's like, you know what? Screw (laughs) you, Ryan. Me and Junkie XL are out of (laughs) here. Then Ryan Reynolds is like, okay, cool, man. And we'll go, you know, do Deadpool 2. So Miller stated he left the sequel because, quote, I didn't want to make some stylized movie that was three times the budget, and I want to create the same kind of film that made the first one a success. Um, I don't know if he saw this movie, but this kind of really was the kind of movie that made the first one a success, but just <laughs> yeah. a little bit better. And yeah, it's only doubled. Kind of felt like, Not yeah. It's like they learned their lesson a little bit the first time. It's like, yeah, we can do this a little bit better, do this a little bit less. Um, and I thought it worked, you know, um, like I said, I don't know how to hold up over time, but in the moment I thought it worked for me. Mm-hmm. Um, Rob, what were some things that you maybe liked or disliked, just right off the top without going into spoilers? What stuck out to you about this uh, this movie?
1: Um, first, right off the bat, I, you know, um, Brian, your point about the origin story in the first movie. Um, you know, it, it felt good to me as someone who didn't read any of the Deadpool comics and didn't really have sure. a great background to it. But going into the second movie, you know, right off the bat, I felt like they really went into – Almost the full movie as a recap, and you know who Deadpool is as a character and as a person mm-hmm. and his backstory was really you know not glazed over, but you know done really well uh, succinctly to begin the movie, and so yeah, you know, we got right into the main plot point of this one. So what I really liked about it, I felt like it was the perfect sequel that will has the ability to lead into other things potentially. Um, not to be too spoilery there, but you know there. You know there is something where this movie can go. Um, love the action to it. Uh, I know they got some of the some of the background from it from some shooting from Atomic Blonde and other things. You know mm-hmm. influenced by other things that are getting really popular right now. Um, I didn't really feel like it was over budgeted. It felt very in line with the first movie. Sure. Um, I'm sure you know you have Josh Brolin coming on and you have that split second kind of X Men characters that must have cost a fortune, but. Uh, besides that i felt like it wasn't too you know it wasn't a huge world that they stepped into that they then mm-hmm. had to fill with a bunch of cgi or expensive computer stuff that would then really blow the budget out of proportion yeah. um I yeah it's, it was a, really- it's
2: 110 million dollars so it is it's right on double what the first one was but i i agree with, i totally agree with your point rob like it didn't feel overdone and to be Frank, the way that they're able to get this done at one hundred ten million dollars is quite the achievement, I think.
0: It's by getting. Uh, yeah. When you get the X Men, you get Nick Holt and Evan Peters. You don't get Jennifer <laughs> Lawrence and James McAvoy, right? <laughs> right. 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 Uh, but I man, when they uh, when that little cameo or Easter egg or whatever you want to call it um, in mm-hmm. Professor X's mansion, by the way, like I said, the crossover, all that awesome. Him just going to Professor X's mansion and playing around on the wheelchair was was great, yeah. and yeah. just him in that world just felt fish out of water, but it felt so natural at the same time that I I really enjoyed it. It felt kind of Ready Player One ish when they go into The Shining, you know, it's like wow, we're an X Men now. Uh, mm. It was really cool. I didn't expect that for this movie to be so X y but it was. Uh, but yeah, when the when the door opens and you kind of see the X Men there, or when the camera. Pans and you see them, like the whole theater like shrieked. Like everyone was like, ah! you know. Uh so I still think that X-Men has some legs, even though Apocalypse was such a disaster. I think, you know, in general sense, and especially now that they bring Deadpool into the fold, I think X-Men still could be uh this version of X Men still could be something uh really
1: special. Um, at least so, the- go ahead. Oh, at least the X Force potentially has legs. Mm-hmm. Sure.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah. Man, how
0: do we wanna go how do we wanna go full uh, talk about the X Force because Yeah, we just gotta go. I thought that, was a, I thought that yeah. was a great bit. Uh so I guess we can go spoilers from here on out. A lot of people saw this movie, so I'm not gonna eliminate too many people with this, but uh so we're gonna get kind of spoilery now. Um when I saw the X Force thing in uh, the trailers, <laughs> it felt a bit like me. Mystery Men. To, yeah, it felt like Mystery <laughs> Men or Kick-Ass or something, uh-huh. or uh, just yeah. bringing in characters that have nothing to do with anything or just doing that, but I thought the MacGruber of Let's Kill Them All immediately was hilarious, too. Oh like I never so expect great. that to happen oh. in these movies, but the way that they did it was... <laughs> was incredible where they all jump out of the plane. Like the, like speaking of comic book, um, movies, like the way they jump out of the plane with like thunderstruck playing, like Iron Man, like it was so, every Marvel movie has some kind of, we're jumping out of a plane moment. Right. And that was so great when they're like, Oh no, bad winds. And then like the parachutes just going crazy. Uh, but what killed me, maybe my favorite moment of the movie it. It Was like when they're jumping out of the plane and just like the strap of the Vanisher jumps out of the yes. plane. It's just like a the harness, like that. Oh, honestly, oh funny! Yeah, I
1: thought
0: that was so good. Um, and then when the Vanisher dies, of course, that's yeah. great too. With and Brad, it's Brad Pitt. Pitt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I thought what was going to happen with the Vanisher was that it was they were going to you know audition it and everyone was going to forget about him since he's invisible. And then at the end of the movie, he was going to come save the day and like the effing vanisher and, and that would have been the most Deadpool ending but uh, that didn't happen but I thought what did happen was, was really funny and it's just it, it worked the X-Force into it without making them the focus Yeah. and man we need to stop watching trailers like we really do because the swerve jobs from these studios on these trailers and posters and everything is truly impressive these days like it really is and uh, the swerve job they did with Cable like, not being the actual villain of the movie, really, it was good. It was really, I didn't mm-hmm. expect that at, at all either. But uh, that was a cool moment, this Deadpool and Cable teaming up, or, or actually Cable going to Deadpool or whatever it was and saying, let's just stop this guy together since we essentially have the same mission here, right? Yeah. Um, or saving this kid, not not killing him. <laughs> Deadpool yeah. wanted to save him. He wanted to kill him. Yeah.
2: Cable, even in the comics, is a very cinematic villain slash anti-hero or whatever you want to you want to call him like he kind of gets annoying in the comics to the because it it, it it is always like flip-flopping it seems like like there's from page to page almost you don't know if he's a bad guy or a good guy at times and to get but i've always felt like he would work really well on screen if you got the right person and they got the right person because Josh Brolin is so good. He's so good; it makes me so happy. He was, you know, they were he gonna is back like that. He's this guy um, who can do because he's so rangy and he's so fun. And it, look, I don't know how many people could have stepped into that role. It lots of people could have stepped in and done the physical aspects of it, right? Like you, you, you could find people that can do the fights and the just kind of the intimidating presence, but to play it so straight off of Ryan Reynolds is when, when Deadpool is like at his most annoying and obnoxious, which he always is like, there's a little bit of obnoxiousness to pretty much everything Deadpool does to have Brolin just there completely deadpan is, Oh, it's so good. It worked so well.
0: They, yeah. um, they were, they were going to cast Brad Pitt as cable, but, he couldn't do (laughs) it no so that yeah and so that's why he ended up having the cameo but i was thinking about that like i don't think this would have worked with brad pitt
2: yeah michael shannon either that was a rumor for a long time was michael shannon shannon could have brought the kind of intensity and the probably the physicality but not i just i don't know i don't think the deadpan works
0: with they would have uh, gotten a uh, hey, General Zod, get over here, <laughs> right? Joke, right? right? Yeah, right. They did that with yeah. Thanos. Uh, oh. I think they said, like, yeah, what, pump your brakes, Thanos, or something yeah. like that was the one. My,
2: my favorite was when he called him one eyed Willie. That was yeah. a great <laughs> little inside shot. I love that. I thought that was great. What were you saying, so Rob? I, I'm sorry. We cut, yeah, on. go ahead.
1: Oh, no problem. I just thought that, you know, the deadpan of Josh Brown was the perfect play off of the Deadpool <laughs> character, and then how it sustains through the whole movie. I mean, he is just dry the whole way through really lends itself to the tying in of storylines where they end up teaming together. You know, you have no idea where he's going until he pivots to that point, pretty much right on the spot. And it kind of turns and, uh, you know, turns into the ending that is, and really comes together too. And that's what I think makes this movie so great for the future of this franchise potentially is that, you know, right off of there, not making him a bad character then lends itself to them teaming together. And not one of them necessarily has to vanish from this series or this movie for it to wrap itself up really well.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I thought the opening montage sequence uh, or the opening montage with the James Bond intro was so funny, <laughs> so too. Funny. <laughs> um <laughs> Uh, with was Celine Dion song just subtly playing in the background. <laughs> like, they don't ever call it like it's not Celine Dion's not in it or anything. But um I think she released a music video where Deadpool's in it, but um that up, but I thought that was really funny and just a subtle homage and Easter egg to to the James Bond movies and that was that was really good. Uh so the, the beginning where it's just depressed Deadpool for the first 30 minutes. So I I love that stuff. Um the montage set to nine to five where he's trying to commit suicide, but he can't because he's at infinite, uh, you know, healing. Uh, that was very funny, um, appropriate for this movie. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think what really has to work for any of this to work is the relationship he has with Vanessa. And I think it really works here too. I mean, she's in two scenes. I think that has to be genuine for any of this to work. Uh, in terms of uh, the emotional impact of the movie, mm-hmm. and it does. I think that's a, they're a very believable couple, and they have chemistry, and they're funny together. And I think all of that wins for me. I, I give that a definite definite pass on something that could definitely ruin this movie. What do you What do you guys think about uh, his love interest and just his overall motivation and stuff? So in this movie, it was he wanted to have a baby? Mm-hmm. That's the right, motivation, yes. and, and mm-hmm. it never ends up happening. So. And then, uh, hence him becoming the foster parents or wanting to save the kid because Vanessa's dying wish and all that. So yeah. Did that work for you guys too?
1: Yeah. I think, uh, you know, the way she comes in and out of the movie so quickly, uh, really, you know, also plays the fact that, you know, it's not about saving her again in this movie and, you know, you get to the end and, the decision is made the way it is and you know he ends up going back yet again because he has a purpose and a family to go back to but the the tendencies he has in the beginning to be so sad and ryan Reynolds plays that really well mm-hmm. to the point where you you truly believe and even without potentially seeing the first movie you know how heartbroken he is and what that character means to him and he's getting so close as he uh, falls through the water and into their apartment again and I really like that as part of his you know infinite uh, regeneration because he gets so close to being able to be with her again but gets pushed back time and time mm. again and you know it it plays her in and out without having to make it the focal point of you know this is another movie where i'm gonna go save this girl that's so important to me in my life they showed that in a different way totally agree. yeah
2: yeah it worked really well for me as well
0: good thoughts rob thank you good stuff rob um. Yeah, I thought the uh, you know, like I said, the X Men and training trainee stuff was funny. The mm-hmm. superhero landing thing always makes me laugh. Uh, where he's like, it it really really bad on the knees, and then this movie he's just <laughs> he just does it and He's just like, ah, you know, like uh, just paying off a, a setup from Deadpool One. Like they did that several times in this movie, um, and that worked. That was really good for uh, for the Deadpool fans. Um
1: my favorite see line had to be about Martha.
0: Yeah, oh, yeah, that was incredible. That was inspired. And it's funny that I think there's a line from from Deadpool where he says, "You're so dark, you could be in a DC movie or something like that." <laughs> yeah. Um but it's it's just funny how meta that is because of how dark this is. Like this movie is proof and Logan, I got i mean, Logan's just all dark. But this movie is <laughs> proof that I mean you could do dark without just dark thinking into it. You know, without yeah. going completely all Hit in Zack Snyder. Yeah. Right. Um and I mean dark emotionally. And this yeah. movie definitely does that. And and um
2: Man. Turns out that is part of it. If you can still, if it, the material is dark, but you can still see what is happening on screen, <laughs> yeah, let's just a little bit.
0: In, they just take the color out of the out of the picture. That's what they do at DC. That's their so That's what dark is to them. Yeah. Is, uh, let's just desaturate all the colors and and it a color day. It's got to match. Throw some dust and throw some CGI dust all over everything yeah. so we're it's all smoky. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I thought that was. Good as well. Um,
2: Can we talk about Zazie beats Because she's a freaking superstar, and I love her. Yeah, she and was I'm, good. Domino. I thought she was so good in this. I, I felt like she's great on Atlanta. She's very charming and has just great charisma. And then, so I like I expected very things to be very good with her. I expected her to be very good in that role, and then she she blew that away. Like she has such presence on screen um like that's i don't know you, there's times when you watch a movie maybe a tv show as well but you typically a movie for me and i'm just like oh that that is a movie star right there she is so good and she has so much so much presence i uh sony whoever at, who owns this stupid movie is it's it sony? Uh, fox 24 20th, fox? 20th okay. century fox, fox the Disney, X-Men, x-men whatever yeah. um we need we need a uh, we need a Domino movie post-haste. and also just put her in every movie. Like she's so she's so good. Oh
0: yeah, I yeah. thought the um uh thing uh, with the X Force of Rob Delaney as Peter. Unreal. I thought that was funny, but um I thought they did a good job of not going too all yes. in on that joke. Yeah, because that could it's have been really yeah yeah that could have been gotten really old really fast, and I think they probably cut a lot of stuff out from that. Um, mm. but in the end, where he saves him, <laughs> you know, at the end is great. <laughs> Loved it. Uh, yeah. And Rob Delaney was perfect casting for that too. Just yes. the average dad guy. Um, did you catch what? the T.J. Miller joke in here? Uh I
2: no, I did. I know was he's like gone a, from here. He's not coming back for the third one. So right, I didn't catch
0: oh, it. Good. Yeah. but apparently there's some kind of headline somewhere on a screen or something that says uh christopher Plummer turns down role in deadpool 2 or something like that <laughs> like in the movie <laughs> it's the perfect way to play it too yes oh, yeah that's perfect that's perfect yeah uh so i was sur- yeah i guess they couldn't have cut him out it was probably too much but um yeah unfortunate to have that little note on it speaking of cameos um did you catch who the hillbillies were in the truck I did
2: one, and I did not the other until I was uh, just now, until I was looking at the the, uh, the call sheet. That was a surprise. This, this is his bit right now, apparently.
0: Yeah. So number one, the one I was talking most uh, was Alan Tudyk uh, in some heavy makeup. Uh, the other one in heavy makeup was none other than Matt Damon. Mm. Um, from Thor Regonk fame as Loki, <laughs> he played Loki in Thor Regonk.
2: So funny, um, yeah. I didn't, I didn't recognize. Yeah. I, knew, I saw Alan Tudyk immediately, but I didn't, I, I, didn't know that that was Matt Damon until two minutes ago. That's yeah. It's funny. It's one of the things I love about Matt Damon is he just kind of is willing to show up and the Euro
0: trip, you know, just show I was up. Just
1: going to say Euro you're trip.
0: On Euro <laughs> trip, which is hilarious. Still there was there was um there was something about the coin token, you know, the skee-ball token that I felt a little bit macguffin to me for a lot of this movie that like every time it kept coming back, I'm like, do we really need this object to remind him of her and all that? Um, But the way they bring it back in the end makes it totally work. Like I, I, I really think that the only way you can, you should have an object like that present in the, in a movie like this is if at the end or there's, you know, there's some kind of reveal or some kind of, Impactful moment that with it, and I thought it was the exact right moment at the right time for uh for cable and Deadpool and that whole thing. Um, mm-hmm. so so yeah, that that could have potentially not worked as well, and it worked uh really well. I thought the sequence of them in the icebox prison was great, and the notion of putting the collars around the necks to uh get rid of the mutation temporarily, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. um you know the satire of the movie the commentary of you know being i guess it goes back with all X-Men movies but it's a big player in the last stand mm-hmm. of you don't have to be a mutant you can change you know you do, you can take a pill or whatever and and uh not be uh an X-Man anymore uh i guess in this one they call it re conversion or something like that or it's basically conversion therapy for me. Right, right. um so big player there um but i thought the whole sequence in the in the jail and then the reveal of the juggernaut and everything was was really good um and so that was another sequence that uh that stuck out to me what'd you guys think of that
1: yeah I incarcerated that. deadpool yeah, it, uh, it I mean, you know, literally and figuratively puts him in a box, so you're definitely very much up front with that character right then. Um, I thought it was perfectly timed, you know, it didn't go on too long, and it had a great way of getting them out of there. Um, it was a little bit of a twist to me that, uh, you know, that's how they bring in Cable, but he's looking for the boy. Um mm-hmm. you, I, I don't think I saw that coming and you know I think they purposely flash uh Wade Wilson up on the screen to say you know the the cell they're looking for is where he is and right. you know you don't realize to the last second that he's looking for uh Fire Fist if you
2: will mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that was cool and it it you got, it's like the kind of the looper treatment on that which was which was cool. That's a nice twist and gives you a sense of like oh this is going to be a much bigger obviously having seen it we know that but like in that moment you're like oh this is going to be a much bigger deal this character russell is going to be a much bigger deal than uh than originally thought thought it was going to be just kind of like the iron man 3 uh kid sidekick and instead much bigger deal yeah
0: yeah totally uh did you think anything of the yellow jumpsuits in guardians of the galaxy like i just kept that visual of them all in the the jail with the yellow jumpsuits reminded me of that visual a lot of that sequence in guardians of the galaxy. Um, let's see here. Okay. So cable breaks in. Um, we have rock bottom. That was funny (laughs) where Deadpool, uh, I guess, uh, what's it called? Uh, hits rock bottom as he puts it. that's, uh, that's always funny. He did that in the first movie as well. Uh, The Juggernaut, how did you guys think they went about that in the right way or the wrong way? I thought the fight with him and Colossus was good. And by the way, I freaking love Colossus, and I was sad when they announced this movie that I thought we'd never see Colossus. I thought that that was just a Deadpool 1 thing, and when Mm -hmm. they brought him back, I'm glad he was in this and a big player because if, if used correctly, I think Colossus is a really fun character and he looked a lot better this time around too cuz he looked terrible in the first movie they they definitely uh did some more texturing on the <laughs> Colossus uh-huh. cg
1: yeah i yeah, noticed yeah, that. that right off the bat he, you know it looks a lot better it almost looks a little bit smaller in maybe just the way they frame him but then mm-hmm. you know having him have a equal character in um oh my gosh why am i blinking right now but um Uh, Juggernaut. Juggernaut. Yeah. Oh, gotcha. You You know, having him fight Juggernaut—that was a great sequence to have happen. And you know, Mm -hmm. if not, you're kind of left wondering what is his purpose to this movie. And you know, the Juggernaut is brought in for almost that exact opposite. And so that was a great sequence to me. And uh, you know, he had all the same funny one-liners as the first movie, but also is the the spirit of the X-Men that you know no one else brings to the table for Deadpool.
2: Sure. Yeah. It was fun having, I I always enjoyed, uh, I think they used Negasonic Teenage Warhead very well in the first one, and she was fun to, and her and Makiko were fun to have as kind of a throwaway bit throughout the course of this movie as well. Like that's, I think that's something that this, now it's a franchise, does really well is the, it's kind of having a sense of when something is about to become tiresome and moving away from it. You saw that with, you mentioned it earlier, Ken, with the Rob Delaney bit. Like that was a really funny him. I don't know. Like I laughed super hard when he's screaming at him in the plane and, and then Uh kind of whispers like, I'm just saying this to impress the other guys. I'd never let anything happen to you sugar bear. I don't know. That Uh killed me. I just thought that was really funny. And his attachment to, Rob Delaney, who you know is somebody that you just want to hug because he just looks like he gives great hugs and stuff. But regardless, that and 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 Negasonic and other bits throughout both of these movies, uh, they very good sense of when to move away and when the the bit, the idea, the character even is becoming a little uh, tired or is about to run out of steam and just and moving right along. And that's that is uh, a really that's not it's it's not that there aren't other studios and franchises that do that really well but I think that's a key especially given how this whole franchise is built on a character who he himself can become obnoxious if he's if he's just left unchecked it's a it's a really smart extra thing that they do uh through the, yep. these two movies
0: and uh the beauty of Deadpool is the ability to break the fourth wall too in terms of there's I think twice in the movie or once in the movie that they say um. Oh, there's a big creature down there that's going to break out. This will definitely come into t- into play <laughs> later. And he like yeah. looks at the camera,
2: foreshadowing. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, and then I guess something later uh, with the maybe it was with the uh, the time device or something. It's like, man, that is just lazy riding. I think he says.
1: <laughs> yeah. He Says that uh, a couple times.
0: Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, they do have the ability to say to literally point something out at you and say you need to pay attention to this and this movie and uh it all works and they can kind of get away with anything and and that must feel really good as a writer director to say you can do those things if you need to and not have it uh, feel out of place or take anyone out of the story or anything like that uh that's a really probably um makes the writing a lot easier i would imagine Mm -hmm. um so in terms of the new director, David Leitch, I thought he did a great job um, keeping the scale of this down, but still making it feel big. Like, for example, you know, instead of having a giant, these giant action scenes, I think one of the first action scenes in the movie is like in their kitchen, you know, when they like bombard and kill Vanessa. It's a really good mm-hmm. action scene, like in the kitchen with just kitchen utensils and things like that. Uh, you know, he, he uses what the. Yeah, it's very the, John Wicky. He uses the, uh, what's it called? Uh, the the cream cheese spreader or whatever Uh like that. Uh, but yeah, I mean, kept the scale down, but still the the level of technique used is really high. And, uh, I think, yeah, he does benefit from his experience with John Wick in terms of that. And, uh, you know, the one in the car where like, um, juggernauts in the car and then he like slams down like from inside the car, you know, things Mm -hmm. like that, Mm -hmm. that really made this thing, uh, feel big without feeling too bloated and um i thought he did a great job i love i love deadpool's abilities as a superhero for some reason i love the i mean leonardo's my favorite ninja turtle because i just love katanas and dual katanas and everything like if used correctly i think it's such a cool weapon um and he has that and the ability to you know not die and all that and the humor but uh i just love the sequences of him going to town on people um specifically in the first movie where they cleverly set it up like I've got ten bullets or whatever, you know, and then he's going and picking people off one and counting it off as he's doing it. Um I just, I just think that uh with Deadpool the character it's just so much more exciting than I think I even joke about it in here than Hawkeye and things like that. You know, it's just like why? You know yeah. what what appeal do those characters even have if not if they're not associated with the Avengers, they're nothing. Uh and that's what makes Deadpool great is that it's, it's just stands. He stands on his own and also with everybody makes it even, makes it even great. He's a true leading man. Um, but I loved that. I loved the winter soldier joke about the, uh, arm or the, mm-hmm. yeah, the, uh, cables arm. Uh, like I said, there was a Hawkeye joke. I think he calls Domino black, black widow at one point. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: He calls his taxi driver friend, uh, Brown Panther. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> So yeah, man, super funny. Uh and his I am Batman thing just made me cackle when he says that it's just I am Batman to <laughs> cable or whatever. Uh that was good. Um what else you got? What else you guys got? Any anything else in your notes? I got a few other things, but I wanna um let you guys have the floor again before I jump back on the soapbox yeah. for another eight minutes
1: just going back to the kind of how they run time on either jokes or blending really well, I thought that all turned out really nicely and, you know, you don't have any overplay of any one character and, you know, you see that come through with uh, uh, Vanessa dying and then the X-Force not really being a thing. And then, um, and then it kind of all comes full circle when I believe his, his, the friend, his name is Pinder, uh, ends up killing the head of the school that, that killed mm-hmm. me because you're kind of, you don't realize he's gone until he's back. And it's the Mm -hmm. perfect way to bring him back in. And he's finally part of the team after the whole movie of just, you know, being literally the guy mopping the floor as he's, uh, you know, sick at the bar. Uh, I just found that all great. And, uh, you know, they didn't feel the need to really bring uh, characters back at the end to really tread them all out once more as the movie Mm -hmm. ends. Sure. Um, Yeah, I just thought overall really solid.
0: Yeah, I thought that was going to be The Vanisher. (laughs) <laughs> at the end saved the day, but it was a yeah, the effing vanisher. Um, let's see, uh, just the ending, let's talk about that Deadpool dying, not really dying, kind of dying, but dying in real life, but mm-hmm. only not dying because of a you know, a convenience in the script kind of a thing. What are your thoughts on that? And I mean, I guess since you already have this in X Men the ability to reverse time and undo anything might as well bring it into Deadpool, Right. Because yeah. from a, again, from a story standpoint, it makes it very easy to just, well, we don't have to do, or we can, you can have these big emotional moments and then undo them on screen. Yeah. It's great. Right. Yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah. That gets very tiresome. That's a, that's a major pet peeve of mine is when you rely on your, uh, time travel ability to just get yourself out of situations and stuff that it annoys me if it's not done well, I thought that that was done pretty well. And I, and also, you know, I mean, it was like, we knew it's coming. So maybe that helped a little bit is like when, when Brolin says, we've well, only got two charges, you know, one to get me here and one to get me back. You kind of know, okay, at some point sure. we're, we're setting this up to, uh, to, to some kind of reveal on, or him using it half becoming a bad guy or whatever, or a good guy, excuse me. So, I knew I felt like I knew it was coming. Maybe that's I, I don't know. Maybe it's because I've read a, a chunk of the comics, but it seemed like the thing that was going to happen. And I thought I thought he pulled it off pretty well. And and in this in doing so kind of sets up uh, you mentioned earlier, Rob, sets up for Deadpool three and, and beyond uh,
1: quite well. Yeah, I think that was, you know, and now that I think about it, one of my favorite ways to see time travel really portrayed in a movie, because Uh, At least what we get a a window into from the time he's coming from, it seems, you know, not too distant in the future. And, you know, this is a technology that apparently has not made the biggest strides. It's not infinite. You know, he doesn't have a solution for the charges situation. And also, he's not going to an exact time. It's not like he plugs in. You know, he can't go a minute backwards and rewind just to that point. But he can slide, I think, is the way he uh, Uh talks about it. But... um, yeah, um, and, you know, uh, in the um, post credit scene where they, you know, initiate some more charges for him, it actually really allows for him to potentially not be in the movie, the next movie as much. But um, at mm-hmm. the same time, you know, I, I really like that. Um, I do think that they missed a huge point for a Lord of the Rings ending joke, the way he kept coming back and coming back. And you keep thinking the movie could be over any second, just like uh, Return mm-hmm. of the King. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The Eagles come in at the last minute and save everybody. <laughs>
0: um yeah, I thought that was good. Um at the end it's also the when he does die and goes to heaven and then take on me is playing when he's crossing into the into heaven, essentially, yeah. right? Yeah I liked that as an Easter egg of the music video of Take On Me and everything. Mm-hmm. Uh that that was cool without going too over the top. Um so the question is, where do we go from here, right? They're going to do another Deadpool, going to do Deadpool 3, of course. But where do we want Deadpool to go? What do we envision this uh, being? I think they're going to probably try and reunite X-Men and bring Deadpool into that, see how that goes. And then, you know, I mean, with Fox and Disney now and everything, I mean, people are going to talk about the MCU crossing over at some point. Um, you would think it would be worth it for them at some point to to do that, but the question is when, right? How long is Deadpool going to be cool? Is it going to be five years, ten years? Is it going to be, you know, Hugh Jackman and where he's doing it? Doing he's you know Ryan Reynolds is Deadpool in twenty thirty, we're still talking about it, right? Um, mm. I don't know. What do you guys think? Or where would you want it to go? I would want it to go Deadpool three, then end it, and then maybe. He cameos in a couple X Men movies, and that's it. And you, you keep the character cool, and you don't oversaturate him. That would be my wish. But uh, where do you think it'll? What do you think will happen?
2: I want X Force, and I'll take a <laughs> huge trilogy, or quadrilogy, or quintilogy, whatever. Like I, I love X Force just in general, just the idea of X Force, and uh, so much. Most, I bet, I would guess. At least seventy five percent of the comics that I've read in my life, which is not a lot. It's not like I'm some comic expert at all, but have been X Force related. I love X Force, and I think they've got they've got some of the pieces now that would make a really good group uh, and cinematic group as well, and would be a lot of fun.
1: Yeah, I think um, potential for a third movie. You know, depending on where they end up going with bringing Josh Bullen back uh, as Cable. Uh, potentially, we could see Deadpool going into the future with him, bringing some of the existing X Force in the future. Uh, maybe, you know, the the character Vanessa is not really on a timeline, so, you know, he can, that can be wrapped up at any point into the future. So maybe we see um, X Force helping Cable out in his time period, and then that potentially leads to something wrapping up in a trilogy form. And, you know, somewhere in that movie, I would think they would try an Easter egg and the actual X-Men and then there's potential to maybe revitalize that with Deadpool as a cameo or just purely voiceover you know where uh, you never actually see the Ryan Reynolds in the scarred makeup but you do see him as a character on the screen you know and then there's something of a smaller role for him in the future as Deadpool but not necessarily as a franchise itself yeah
0: Mm. right as it stands today Deadpool is a more valuable franchise than X-Men. I mean, uh, as weird as that and they're sounds... they're getting it right.
2: They're getting yeah. it right. That's just so frustrating with X-Men, the way... Just back and forth. I, I'm excited for that young X-Men movie. I feel like that's a real opportunity to kind of reset some of the stuff. And I, I'm glad that they pushed it out of this year and are at least at least on paper you can say that they're attempting to do this right but it is it's so fr- i know New Richard mutants is, or dark phoenix uh dark phoenix new mutants could be a new mut New me mut- let me put it this way new mutants could be terrible and it would have no yeah. impact on the x-men franchise and it could be great and it would have almost no impact on the mm-hmm. x-men franchise because it's it's basically a standalone like I know Richard loves the X-Men universe and wants them to be good. It is so frustrating when those movies are subpar because it's it, there's no consistency to it. You just never know what you're going to get. And then these movies are... I mean, there's only two of them, but they are just banging them out, and they're so good, and they work, and the tone is perfect. And I don't know, maybe that's the key is that this tone is easier to do with this character, and there's a, a uh, I don't know... There's nothing else like this on the market. I don't know, but it it frustrates me when – because you're right. This is doing much, much, much better than, than the X-Men proper franchises, and I don't really understand that. It shouldn't be that way.
0: It's very weird. It's uh, I mean it's just them embracing what Deadpool is, what people want. Uh, Fox having the guts to say, yeah, you can do this rated R and just go all in on it, and it worked for them. They had the help, of course, of the internet and the endorsement of the fanboys when they kind of got this thing going. So, um, you know, it's it's lightning in a bottle. You know, it's the DC would pay a lot of money if they could capture the kind of excitement that people get when they see Deadpool for mm-hmm. Superman, mm-hmm. right? Sure. They, just, they just, there's something about it. And like you mentioned, Brian, but I mean, the marketing team for this is just, I've never seen anything like it. I mean, it's just so perfect. I mean, the, uh, I mean, I'm looking at an ad right now. That's like a, uh, parody of, of the ceiling of the Sistine Chapel with Deadpool and cable, like touching, you know, the creation of man, like touching fingertips, but Deadpool's like laying on a beanbag chair. Like <laughs> yeah. Like, but it looks like in the style of Michelangelo, the painter, right? So, just things like that, like Bob Ross trailer was so funny mm-hmm. um i have a i have a um an actual issue of good housekeeping with Deadpool on the cover holding an apple pie, like an actual like full good housekeeping It's not like a collector's item or whatever it's like one that actually released um I saw a picture online where in some Walmart's, all the twentieth century fox movies had Deadpool covers for like. You know, yeah. they put one yeah. out for each or something, Very and great. that was genius too. Uh, seeing Deadpool on the cover of like old school or whatever, you know, uh, it was it was great. And uh, I mean, the the marketing could not be better for this, and that definitely has something to do with it. But all that means nothing if the movie doesn't work, exactly. which it does. So yeah. um, exactly, right. there it's a win win. You know, it, it, the the marketing would look stupid if the movie was stupid. Let's just say that. Um, okay. You all about ready to grade this one out? Anything else? Um, one thing that I didn't mention that is uh, that kind of they didn't really get out on the joke uh, soon enough for me was the baby legs thing. And the. I mean, that that was funny, but it just went on maybe a minute too long for me. I was just like, can we just do something? Like when he starts walking and everything, I mean, it's funny, but it felt a little bit, I don't know, Zoolander 2, you know, like just Really cheaply done CG, and just kind of—I don't know. I have, look who's I talking. Don't flashbacks. I
2: Well, on on uh, like rewatches but in the moment, uh, I laughed a lot. I it was really—I thought it was very
1: funny. Yeah, I think there was a little call to Rick and Morty there for a moment. But, you know, that's a small window of fans to potentially hit. But it did go a little long, in my opinion, even though I still thought the overall bit was really funny. You know, it's not like they'll bring that back again, I would assume. Uh, But it was funny to see Tiny Legs after seeing Tiny Hand in the first movie.
0: Right, right. Tiny Hand
1: in the first movie cracks me up.
0: (laughs) He's just, like, stroking her. The blind, because she's blind is what's so great about it. Uh, Okay. Uh, I'm going to grade this one out. Um, I'm going to give it an A. I mean, it was everything I wanted it to be. Um, it's hard for me to give A pluses, man. It just is. Uh, I think this is about as solid as you can get, though. So A for me for Deadpool 2. So I'm happy to say it, too. Yeah. What about you, Brian? Yeah, it's
2: an A for me as well. I, I think I gave the first Deadpool an A, like a low A or high A minus. I think this is a little bit narratively it is better it is is maybe significantly better than than the first one and the the jokes go right in line with uh with the first one tone is perfect brolin's so good i love i love josh brolin i'm glad that he's i'm glad that the last like 10 years we've gotten to see because he's pretty good at picking and choosing his spots uh but we've we've gotten to see him do five or six or seven like really great uh movies and or performances where he gets to settle into different kinds of of uh, roles and and show his range and he's oh this is this is like a perfect example of, of how good he is and and credit to 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 Reynolds and to David Leach and the whole the whole group for um, getting the right guy to do that for getting the uh, the right the right lady for uh, for Domino and and on yeah. down list that was that was really fun hey we did not mention maybe the loudest laugh in my theater the entire movie was the uh the post credits when he kills off himself in the uh in the uh, x-men movie that was boy that was a really funny bit and really and killing himself off also doing reading the green lantern sketch i could feel uh richard was super excited during that moment just i just knew like somewhere his ears were burning of like oh this is a good thing that's happening. Uh, so, it's, anyway, it's an A for me, and I uh, really enjoy. Can't wait to uh, go back and revisit again. Rob, what was your grade, my friend?
1: Yeah, I think uh, you know if I were to give the first Deadpool movie a B B+, which I think is pretty accurate, considering you know it, it doesn't go too deep, and you know it's a very out there movie. But I feel like they didn't have to put it all on the line. They didn't sign a big name to be the villain in the first movie. They really blended it in well. Um, perfect sequel, in my opinion. Um, there are better sequels out there compared to the, their first movie counterparts, but in terms of picking off, picking up where the story left off, not going too much back into Origins, and then really fleshing it out to a, a great, uh, you know, not Cable, obviously not the villain by the end, but, you know, it does keep you thinking throughout the whole movie and also leaving it open for the third. Um, yeah, definitely an A for me.
0: Did you guys notice the? Uh, maybe it was just me, but I thought it was kind of Easter egg y when uh, Cable comes back. He kills the uh, hit guys. Did that seem a little No Country for Old Men to you? That sequence with him in the truck and like dis- like a, the scene in No Country for Old Men where he discovers the uh, money in the back of the truck, right?
2: Mm, sure. Yeah. I just
0: flash back to that, just the visual with Josh Brolin.
1: Remind me of Terminator. I thought he was going to take their clothes yeah. and then start yeah.
0: driving yeah. out. Yeah, it was a very uh, Terminator uh, vibe as well with that character, which I liked. Um, I should also mention how diverse the crowd, the cast was. I love that, sure. and how inclusive the cast was and the characters were um, in terms of uh, the diversity of the culture is represented here and the lifestyle is represented i thought that was good without you know that being the point of the movie i thought it was really um inclusive when a lot of movies that are like this have a chance to be and they choose not to this one did and without making a big deal out of it which i think what needs to done needs to be done in order for change to be made so uh that was good too and shout out terry cruz didn't mention him good stuff (laughs) always always love seeing terry cruz and things Okay, let's move on, guys. Let's hit a weekly recommend.
2: Weekly recommends.
0: All right, uh, let's go with the guest, Rob. What you recommend, man? Um,
1: well, recently, uh, Netflix re-released season four of Rest Development*. Now it's called *Fateful Consequences*. And uh, <laughs> Mitch Horowitz went back, and you know, I think the biggest critique of the fourth season was you know not being able to get everyone in the same room together to really. Uh, play off of each other much like they did in the original three seasons and so you know I'm one of the biggest fans you'll find of Arrested Development and you know season four was a letdown but I expected that a little bit Uh, I liked it more than other people but if you thought season four was a letdown I urge you to watch Fateful Consequences. It uh, blends together extremely well they follow the characters more succinctly and honestly I feel like there's much like there was before, there's always jokes that you find over and over again, but I, I laughed harder in faithful Consequences than I have in most of the rest of development.
0: That, that's good to hear. I haven't watched it yet, but um, I'm excited to. I didn't know if the uh, recut was worth it, but uh, I'm going to do that. I'm, I'm actually going back and rewatching uh, seasons one, two, and three currently in anticipation for. Uh, for this weekend season five but um but yeah i'll have to go back and rewatch the new cut of of season four we did an episode nice. on that i believe at the time mm-hmm. so we did. listener needs to go back and, and listen to that before the new season drops but uh, that's encouraging news and, and good to hear that it got your recommend uh brian have you watched season the recut yet
2: i haven't yet i'm hoping to next week uh season five i think comes out next week so it's i mean it's steaming right towards us it's right around the corner anyway
0: Awesome, good recommend. I'll have to I'll have to do that before uh, this weekend. Brian, what you recommend?
2: Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna recommend a show I mentioned earlier in the sh- in the episode. Uh, in the new segment, uh, The Expanse on Amazon. The first two seasons are available on Amazon Prime. The third season hasn't gotten there yet, and then now the fourth season is uh, the one that just got greenlit by Amazon. as it saved the show from uh, sci-fi? It's a it is it's dense sci-fi it's not quite put it on in the background and you're still going to be able to pay attention sort of stuff like you really kind of do have to focus in it's based on a series of books that uh i've i read the first one called leviathan wakes and it's it's really good it also is kind of high-minded sci-fi so uh you, you kind of got to pay attention to it but it's it's very well done and has uh some interesting characters and and uh, I'm 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 enjoying it immensely. I'd seen like two maybe two or three episodes when it first came on sci-fi a few years ago, and then fell off of it. Uh, but if uh, anyway, have been revisiting it this last week, and it's uh, it's a lot. It's very good. If you're if you're a sci-fi fan, it's uh it's it's very in keeping. I feel like with uh, like Battlestar Galactica or something like that. Like it's that kind of uh, really well done. Really well done uh, science fiction, and the storylines are, are very engrossing and, and good. So check that out on Amazon, and, and you'll get at least a fourth season thanks to Amazon here in the next uh, few months. Kent, what's your recommend?
0: Yeah, I don't know whether to recommend a TV show or a movie. I can't I can't decide. I've got two that are pretty neck and neck in my mind right now. Um, I think I'm going to keep in the tradition of tonight and go with TV show. Oh. Uh, in our movie news and our week recommends being TV centric. Um, have you guys got a chance to watch Evil Genius next, uh, yet on mm. Netflix?
2: I haven't yet. It's on my queue. I've added yeah. it, but haven't had a chance yet.
0: Yeah, um, The lady friend and I got to watch it one night, like about last week, and I think we watched the whole thing in I don't know, two days, something like that. Uh, very Making a Murderer, The Jinx-esque. In terms of uh, the subject matter, uh, it's a true crime documentary series. I think there's four episodes, five episodes that are about an hour long each. Um, and it goes – it centers on the case of the pizza bomber or the pizza delivery bank robber bomber guy. Um, it was a story about ten years ago where a guy robbed a bank who had a, a bomb basically around his neck and uh, he said that somebody jumped him and put the bomb on his neck and told him to go rob a bank, right? He was just delivering the guy a pizza. And uh, and so that's what happened. And so the documentary is basically trying to figure out what the heck happened, why this guy did it, if, you know, if he actually did get jumped or if he was behind it. Super, super interesting and very well done. I'm assuming this is going to be a big player later in the year. Uh, the Duplass brothers produced it. They did that. Documentary I recommended, Wild Wild Country, about the Rajneesh Parham, which has been
2: Mm.
0: parodied on SNL and and, and the like in the past uh, couple months. But they're on a roll, man, with their documentaries, Uh, the Duplasses, and uh, this is no different. Uh, Really interesting, Evil Genius. Uh, It's called Evil Genius, the Tale of America's Most Diabolical Bank Heist. I think that's what it's called yeah I but, uh, right. yeah, it's got everything. it's got murder and bank robbery and crazy rednecks and uh it's that movie, thirty minutes or less with Jesse Eisenberg is loosely based on that actual story right. okay uh, okay I forgot of that. going right. to deliver the pizza, putting a bomb on him, and then all that happening so yeah it's um it's hard to believe they made a comedy movie about that situation when you watch the documentary <laughs> but uh but yeah. Really, well, re- definitely Loosely recommend comedy. if you liked Making Murderer or the Jinx, you'll definitely be into this. Evil Genius is uh, streaming now. Good stuff. Good TV talk tonight on top of Deadpool. That was good. Yeah. Fun. Good stuff. All right, Rob, thanks so much for joining us tonight. Yep. And uh, you are uh, welcome to wear your satin out in public now. It's not only exclusive Ooh. to the <laughs> VIP. Once you come on the show, it's, it's okay. But um, next week, we will be talking solo, a Star Wars story with maybe a special guest. Maybe not. You'll have to tune in and see. But until then, Brian, where can we find you online? You can find me on
1: the Twitter at
2: Beagle12. You can find my writing at madaboutmoviespodcast.com and the Mad About Movies Podcast newsletter. Rob, where can we find you?
1: Uh, Let me see. You can find me at Rob's Pursuit of Happiness 13 on Instagram. And that's about it.
0: I'm in the pursuit of happiness. Is it named after that or the movie with Will Smith? Oh, no, the first
1: one. Oh, Kid Cudi. Gotcha. You excited yep.
0: for Kid Cudi and Kanye?
1: Uh, <laughs> not anymore as of recent news, but well, we'll see how it goes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: All right. Well, thanks for joining us again.
1: And Thank we'll you see guys. you
0: guys next time at the seminar. Goodbye. Goodbye, Sugar Bear. Hey baby, I hear the blues are calling tossed salads and scrambled eggs. And maybe I seem a bit
1: confused. Yeah, maybe, but I got you ha, ha, ha,
0: ha But I don't know what to do with those tossed salads and scrambled eggs.
1: They're calling again. Scrambled eggs all over my face.
0: They're calling again.